0: Welcome to the Thrive Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Drennan. If you're a floral designer on a mission to build a profitable and thriving business, then you're in exactly the right place. I'm on a mission to bust through the secrecy of our industry, make it easier for you to know exactly what to focus on to help you build your business, and teach you my favorite mindset hacks so that you can learn to show up with more confidence and authority as you grow your business. I am so grateful to be able to share my journey with you, pass along my best shortcuts, and get you on the path to feeling more confident and making money doing what you love. No matter where in the world you're tuning in from, remember, you've got this. I am quite literally in the midst of final preparation and my process that I go through as I'm preparing to teach live session inside the Flower Boss Academy. And this particular week's live session is all about how to set your sales target, which the process I teach is actually incredibly simple. But the reason it's so powerful is because it's so simple, because it really shows us, reveals to ourselves where our Thought work is where we might need to do a bit more self-discovery work, where we might need to learn how to let go of adopt new beliefs in order for us to achieve our goals. And in my process for getting ready to teach that live session, I was just doing a little bit of Googling around who's done academic studies and what's happening kind of behind the scenes when it comes to really thinking about how we can learn from failure. And this is something that nobody, (laughs) zero, zilch, nada, you will not hear talked about in the floral design industry. And instead, you and I are presented with these perfect Instagram feeds and these captions and these posts and these raven client reviews and everybody else's business looks absolutely perfect. Like they've never stumbled, like they woke up coming out of bed looking completely effortless. Meanwhile, you and I are like, why are things not going as planned in my business? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to just pause my preparation for this live session, and I want to sit down and record this podcast episode so that when things aren't going as planned in your business, you know you have a resource that you can come back to and you can set yourself up for success, truly get out of your own way. Like by definition, get out of your own way so that you can stop spinning your wheels, so that you can stop feeling the angst and the anxiety of being stuck in frustration. I am here to talk you through my process and exactly what to do when things aren't going as planned in your business. And the first thing to remember is that there are going to be many times that things don't go as planned in your business. And that doesn't mean that you have done anything wrong. It also doesn't mean that you aren't capable of being able to achieve your goals. When things aren't going as planned in your business, it doesn't have to mean a single thing about your capacity to figure it out, about your intelligence in terms of thinking about what's next, and most importantly, in terms of your worthiness or deservedness of being able to build your dream business. For me, when I think about every time I kind of come up against that, like, brick wall, (laughs) that door that I thought was open, (laughs) but it wasn't. Every time I'm like, oh, why isn't this working? Every time I come back to what now feels like a very simple process. So if you're feeling frustrated, use that as your beacon, use that as your sign to come back to this process. And in my planning for that live session, I came across a great article from my besties at the Harvard Business Review. (laughs) For those of you guys who have done your MBA, you will know that learning by case study, learning by the Harvard Business Review is an awesome way to learn how to entrepreneur. So my besties at the Harvard Business Review wrote an article. So this is actually from 2011. This is from like what is now considered probably a hundred years ago. But the article is called Strategies for Learning from Failure. So here's the first thing to know. Failure, things not working in your business, is completely normal. The reason it feels so frustrating for me is because nobody else talks about it. So my story and my scenario and what happens in my brain is that because nobody else talks about it, my brain is very quick to make it mean something about me. Because if everybody else's businesses look perfect, if they all look amazing and their flowers are just absolute perfection, then clearly this is a Kathleen problem. Clearly this has something to do with me. Except through a huge amount of coaching, (laughs) I have finally learned that that isn't true. And in this Harvard Business Review article, this one sentence jumped out at me. So the author's name is Amy Edmonston. And in this article, she writes, every child learns at some point that admitting failure means taking the blame. Admitting failure means taking the blame. I read this and I was like, That's exactly what my brain is trying to do. My brain is looking for more ways to beat myself up, to put myself down, to talk down to myself, and every time something isn't working in my business, every single time, my brain is automatically gonna go to the you're not good enough story. For me, it's become very apparent that this internal dialogue is obviously not helpful, but it stems from my education and this desire to be accepted, this desire to feel worthy, this desire in our Western education society of needing to be or wanting to be an overachieving child to be accepted. Because I have a learning disability, because I don't read so good, I wanted to overcompensate for that. And I thought nobody would notice my learning disability if I overachieved in every other area in my life. And if we actually just look at our education system, the idea, right, the shame that is projected onto students that aren't performing average, or dare I say, even above average, the shame that is projected on kids who aren't naturally gifted at something, the unlovability that we interpret through that experience and the insufficiency, I'm not worthy, I'm not deserving. All because we have an education system that rewards overachieving and shames being below average. And that's just the education system, which is kind of just a structure which is okay, but where it really doesn't serve us is in the moment that we decide to start a business. Because for decades, we have been trained to learn all of these things, demonstrate our proficiency at all of these things, do everything in our power to avoid failure, and then we go out and we start a business. And immediately, I can guarantee you, within the first seven days, things aren't gonna go to plan. Like, guaranteed, possibly even within the first 24 hours, depending on how proactive you are at taking action. Things aren't going to go as planned, and that's okay. The reason that failure feels so hard for us is simply because of the way that we have been trained. Remember, every child learns at some point that admitting failure means taking the blame. That is what is going on in your head when you're looking at the results in your business. Your brain is so quick to connect. I'm not good enough with whatever the amount of money is in your Stripe account or your PayPal account or however it is you get paid. Your brain is so quick to say, I must not be deserved of my dream looking at the current balance in your bank account. But here's the thing to remember. Things aren't going to go as planned. That is the norm for running a business. There is nothing wrong with you if things aren't going as planned in your business. Where you can really step into your power is making sure that you have a plan for when things don't go to plan. It's such a Relief to just know and to be able to remind your primitive brain that it's okay when things aren't going as planned. Just knowing that it's okay that things aren't going as planned. Taking the shame and the emotion away from the experience. Reminding yourself that you don't have to make it mean anything about you. You know how, when you're helping a client plan for an event or a wedding, there might be a discussion around a wet weather scenario. What is the plan B? If it's raining outside, what is the plan B? Because we all know we can't control mother nature. <laughs> Sometimes it rains at three o'clock and that's okay. This idea of thinking about, okay, if we're planning a wedding and there's a wet weather scenario, because things aren't going to go as planned, yes, of course, we're going to hope for the best outcome. But when it rains, we don't make it mean anything about ourselves. We just adjust the plan accordingly. Because there is a backup plan. So just the idea of preparing yourself for when things don't go to plan, I have found that so helpful. It takes so much of the like freak out factor out of the situation. So that if the numbers aren't adding up, you don't have to sit in that state of panic. You can pause for a minute and remind yourself, I am physically safe. I am okay. I've already got a plan B in place. Being able to create some space between the current reality and the way that you thought things were supposed to go in your business is so powerful because then you're not gonna react out of complete emotion, you will likely decrease the amount of time you spend spinning your wheels, feeling stuck, possibly having a temper tantrum, all of which are completely okay reactions, but just knowing that you can get yourself out of that spiral. So having a plan B, just thinking about what you want your plan B to be is so powerful. If you're in the early stages of running your business, you'll often hear this referred to as having a runway, right? How much money do you actually need to live your life so that you can create some space and freedom for you to grow your business? The same thing goes if you're pivoting in your business, if you're launching a new service, if you're shutting down weddings, if you're launching weddings, right? There's a time period between when you put your offer out into the world and when people will buy knowing that you can have complete control over how you show up and what you get to do in your business is where your power lies. So making sure that you for yourself have a plan B knowing things aren't always going to go to plan in your business. And that's okay. This truly is a roller coaster ride. Nobody's floral entrepreneur journey, nobody's flower boss experience is completely linear. It is not a perfectly straight line. And in actual fact, you'll have crazy amazing highs and then you'll have equally frustrating lows. And that is the experience. And learning how to ride the wave is so powerful. So making sure you have a plan B is step number one. When you are then in that feeling of being stuck, taking unproductive action, scrolling Instagram, comparing yourself to every other designer out there, spinning your wheels, wondering if you should discount your prices, wondering if you should keep giving away your work, wondering if you should do another style shoot, all of these things that don't actually help you move towards your money goal. When you're in that spiral of stuckness, this is where your self-awareness becomes your superpower. Because all you have to do is come back to the facts. Come back to the one, two, or possibly three things that you know are 100% true. So much of the narrative that we have in our head is just a made up story. And when we can get really good at paying attention to the made up story in our head and start to actually delineate between fact and fiction, between story versus the truth, then you can shift your perspective and have a totally different scenario. I first learned this exercise when I attempted to sell wedding packages. (laughs) I still have The actual brochure that I created in 2017 in the time of the dinosaurs, 2017 was when I had the original idea of selling wedding packages. And I still remember because I also have the spreadsheet, (laughs) but I still remember putting those packages together because it was 100% coming from scarcity thinking. So I was like, oh, okay, well, these obviously need to be the cheapest packages around because that's the only way somebody's going to (laughs) buy. So... In my, I'll also remind you all, and you know this story, but just how not in line with the industry standard pricing my pricing was. So we're going to take Kathleen's underpriced wedding products. We're going to layer on an additional discount, and then we're going to wrap them up into cute little packages. And I'm going to spend an unnecessary amount of time creating cute little brochure, and I'm going to print it out. Fun fact, not a single person said yes to those packages not a one (laughs) it was like the deal of the century and I am talking like $300 for a bridal bouquet two bridesmaids buttonholes corsages like outrageously discounted prices not even an exaggeration but not a single customer said yes to that amazing deal amazing discount, my friends, but not a single person said yes to it. Here's the thing. Fast forward two years, and we woke up to a $3,200 wedding flower order, paid in full, no consultation. We had, within a 24-month period, figured out how to sell wedding flowers online, which in my opinion is an awesome offer for your clients. But we wouldn't have gotten there if I had stayed stuck in my thought process of what's wrong with me, why can't I figure this out? In that exact scenario, I know that I spent a significant amount of time making the lack of sales mean something about my worthiness. I know for sure that I sat in my, I'm not good enough, I can't figure this out, I mustn't be a good enough designer. That was my thought process and that was my belief system that nobody was buying from me because I wasn't a good enough designer. In hindsight, we all know that those two things actually have nothing to do with each other. People buying from you has everything to do with your ability to conquer marketing and sales. Nothing to do with your design ability those two things are not related. So this exercise of coming back to the facts was actually quite simple because there were only two facts. One, people want flowers at their wedding. That we can believe to be the truth. Two, nobody was buying my super cheap discounted wedding packages. Those were the only two facts of all of the stories going through my head but I had so much chatter and so much narrative flying around in my brain that it took me quite a while to figure out that those were the only two things that were the truth. People want flowers at their wedding. Nobody's buying my super cheap packages. But the minute that you can start to create some separation between the stories that you're telling yourself and the facts, the minute that you can start to come up with so many new ideas, So all of a sudden, because I was so clear, and I'm able to do this so quickly now, but because I was so clear on the fact that, okay, like, what are all the assumptions that I'm making? And I had so many assumptions that I was making. I had so many assumptions about how you had to be a famous florist, about how nobody wanted to pay the premium, about how I was new, about living in a small town, all of these stories of which we now know aren't the truth people want flowers at their wedding. Nobody was buying my super cheap offer. When you can get good at separating out fact from fiction, when you can come back to the facts, then all of a sudden your creative brain is going to kick into hyperdrive because it's going to say, well, we could try this and then what about this? And then what about that thing over here? Oh, and what if we try this thing? Oh, and maybe they're not actually looking for a super cheap discount. Maybe they're actually looking for actual value, add input and ideas. Maybe they're completely overwhelmed. Maybe they wanna be able to order at 11 o'clock on a Monday night. Maybe they just wanna know the prices. Maybe just giving them guidance and inspiration and demonstrating my expertise. Maybe actually giving them ideas about what a chandelier at a could look like. What about just saying to them, if you want a wedding bouquet and you want this and you want tablescapes and you've got 200 people, that it is gonna be a $15,000 exercise. What about just laying it out for them and giving it to them point blank and making it super simple for them to find the information that they're looking for. Maybe that's the piece of the puzzle. Maybe that's where all the value lies and maybe being cheap and offering a discount is actually a complete turnoff. You don't get to coming up with those ideas when you're stuck and spinning your wheels, but you get to coming up with those ideas when you can start to delineate story versus fact. So the moral of the story, my friends is pay attention to those moments when you feel stuck, to those moments when you're spinning your wheels, to those moments when you feel frustrated, to that little voice in your head, when you hear it say, why isn't this going as planned? And remember, you don't have to make it mean a single thing about you. But getting really good at separating fact from fiction is one of the most valuable skills you can have as a CEO in your business because that skill can apply to you working with clients, you hiring a team, you dealing with difficult staff members, you dealing with a difficult let down bride, you dealing with planners, you dealing with Google ads, SEO, Instagram, TikTok, HoneyBook, whatever it is in your business. Getting really good at separating fact from fiction is where you can then start to come up with so many new ideas in terms of what to do next in your business. So when things aren't going as planned, please remind yourself that that's part of the plan. You are doing it right if things aren't going to plan. It doesn't mean anything about you, your worthiness or your deservedness in terms of being able to figure this out. Take a deep breath, come back to the facts. Grab a pen and a piece of paper, literally write down the actual real facts. Unlikely that there'll be more than two or three. Then look at the facts and come up with new ideas in terms of what you could do moving forward. Remember, this work is so much more accessible and fun when you do it in partnership with a coach. So sign up for your coaching sessions, And my friends, as always, please take care of yourself. Drive safe, eat your vegetables, drink your water, get some sleep. And I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now.